Welcome. You're listening to Pacific Bible Church Podcast, hosted by Pastor Vern Frank. So, we started a new series two weeks ago, titled As in Heaven. And we have been talking about God's will, right? Jesus prayed, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And of course, the words were added by the translators, as it is, it is is not there, so as in heaven. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. And so we are looking at the will of God. We want to find the will of God, amen? Amen. (laughs) We want the will of God, amen? Amen. So we're looking at that and we are are seeing a lot of God's will. We've already experienced a lot of things or learned a lot of things about God's will. And that should be uh, uh, very important, right, for every Christian that they actually want the will of God. And they want to know the will of God, they want to do the will of God. That, that should be our, high, what, come on, that should be a high, high priority, amen, in our lives. High priority. Find out what God wants and do it. Amen. We need to do His will. We don't just find out about it, we do it. You know, many Christians, we said last week, you know, many Christians have no plan on doing God's will. Ooh, that, they just want to hear more. And the, and the Bible talks about that, right? In the last days, they will heap, heap teachers to themselves because they have itching ears. They, they only want to hear what they want to hear. Come on now. And then, and then they hear something that they don't like and they're like, ooh, I don't like that. <laughs> Come on. If it's coming out of the word, you better like it. Amen. Now, that, that, of course, means you've got to know the Word. Amen? You've got to actually know what the Word says. Because I've, I've listened, I've told you many times, I've listened to preachers that I have to turn off because I'm like, that's not the Word. In fact, whew, that, that's some bad, I've heard some bad, bad stuff, come on now, out of preachers. And I'm like, no, I can't, I can't listen to this. Come on. So if you don't know the word, and this is what often happens, people just accept what they hear because it was on, they heard a preacher say it. I ask that you don't just accept what I say. Get in the word for yourself. Amen. Just because I said it, don't say that's, that's absolute. Come on. That's the fact. Now, I, I hope, I hope, and I believe I'm preaching the word. Come on. But if there's something that's off, you need to, well, first of all, you should come tell me and, and we'll talk about it. Amen. You're like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Well, let's talk about it. Let's look at the word together. Amen. Let's, let's open the word together. Amen. But I, 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 I want the word and I want the truth and I want the will of God. Amen. And that's what we should all want. So we, we should want the will of God. We should pursue the will of God. We should be finding the will of God. And then, of course, we are supposed to do it. If we just heap more teachers that we want to hear, but we have itching ears to hear what we want to hear, ooh, that's bad because that's going to lead us down the path of deception. If you don't want to hear the truth, your brain gets broke. That's scientific now. We were talking about it. There's science that shows if you listen to lies all the time, your brain gets broken. You actually get a broken brain. 
And we see that in our world today. We have a lot of broken brains. And you're like, how come you can't see this? Why can't you see this? Well, they got broken brains. <laughs> Why? Because they just receive all the lies. And they keep listening to the lies and they believe the lies and their brain gets broke. That's why, well, there's many reasons we're supposed to know the truth. And that's one of them right there. Because we will not be delusional. We will not be deceived by the deceiver. Hello? You don't think Satan's trying to deceive everyone, including Christians? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And he's done a pretty good job of it. <laughs> Come on now. Ooh, we could go down that trail for a long time, right? No, no. We want the truth. We want his will. We want to hear what he has to say. And we want to do it. And that's going to keep us safe and sound. Come on. We're walking along with God. We're staying in the light. We're not getting out of the light. We're staying in the light with God. We're staying in the light with Jesus. Come on now. And if we get off the path a little bit, we get all out of the light a little bit, God says, no, 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 go back that way, get on that path. Okay. Okay. And we start going this way. Come on now. And he's like, no, 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 get back right where you. Anybody been there? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Woo, glory. Well, that'll keep us on the right path going down the right way, come on, going down the narrow path. We talked about the narrow path already in this series, right? We got to stay on the narrow path because the broad, the path to destruction is broad and many are going to destruction. And you can look around and see it real easy, right? Many are going to destruction. But Jesus said, my path is narrow. It's okay to be narrow-minded. <laughs> You're just so narrow-minded. Oh, yeah, I'm narrow-minded and I'm saved. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through him. Well, you're just so narrow-minded. No, I believe the truth. And therefore, I'll stay in the truth, and therefore, I'll stay walking with God, and I'll stay in the light. Amen? That's where we need to be. Ooh, I'm already getting off. I'm on rabbit trails all over the place. Let's go back to Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. My, one of, some of my favorite verses right here. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Or I like the other translations that says, in view of the mercies of God. We see his mercies. We see how good he is. Uh, so, that, so then that you present your bodies. A living sacrifice. What, what he's done for us, come on, what he's done for us, this is the, the least we could do for him. Come on now. Present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. That's just the basics. <laughs> it's your reasonable service. People say, I don't, I don't like that service stuff. I don't like that submission stuff. You better like it because we we, if you're a Christian, you're submitted to him. And you are in service of him. Amen? And, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove, or I like the other word there, uh, another translation, distinguish, 
you know, prove is a little more King James-like, that you may distinguish what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we should not be conformed to the world system, right? We, we don't want to go down Sin River with the world. I said we, <laughs> we don't want to go down Sin River with the world, amen? amen. We don't want to be conformed into their mold, right? They want to shape us. Have you noticed? They want to shape us into their mold. They want to form us into what they want us to be, just like Jello. Come on now. You, you get the jello, you can make all kinds of forms of that, right? You put, it in the, you put it in the different forms and you get a different form. The world wants to form us into their ways. They want us to walk like they walk. They want us to talk like they talk. They want us to be like them. And so when we come in and we are different, they're like, wait a second, you're different. I don't like that. Oh, I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. All right. Uh, I'm serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to walk like he wants me to walk. And I want to talk like he wants me to talk. And I want to do what he wants me to do. So yeah, <laughs> I'm different. Amen. We should be different. We are not supposed to be conformed to the ungodly world. Hello? We're supposed to be what? Transformed. We should stand out from the world. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Right? It's on our sign as you exit the church. Let your light shine. People don't like it when you let your light shine, do they? The world does not like it. They're like, why are you so happy? You should be down and depressed right now. I want you to be down. They want you to be down and depressed. It's like, wait, what? Why would you want me to be down and depressed? I'm joyful. That should be a good thing. Amen. <laughs> that should be a good thing. So we should stand out from the world. The world looks at us and says, ooh, they're different. Now, if they, if they want that, right, they want joy, they want peace, they want God in their life, they're going to say, ooh, can you tell me about what you got? But if they want the world, they'll, they'll just continue right on with the world, right? I've met many, 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 many people who want to continue right on with the world. I tell them the will of God. I show them the will of God. I, I, I mean, and they just want to go right down with the world. All you can do is pray for them. Amen? You pray for them, that they'll see the light. But we get transformed, that word in the Greek, metamorpho, where we get the English word metamorphosized, right? We got to be transformed, metamorphosized by the renewing of our minds. We got to change our thinking, right? The battleground is the mind. We got to change our thinking. When we get saved, depending how long you've been in the world, <laughs> come on now. Depending how long you've been in the world, you may have to change a lot of thinking to line up those thoughts with his thoughts. Amen. The transformation process is supposed to take place in every Christian's life. That is the maturing process. Just like a caterpillar changes into a butterfly, they mature, right? Amen. Mature. They mature. They change. We saw a butterfly yesterday. It was cool. I haven't seen a butterfly in a long time. I'm like, oh, but Jews like butterfly. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, I haven't seen a butterfly. I don't know how long. Come on. We're supposed to be metamorphosized. 
That means we grow up. Amen. And we grow up, we find the will of God. We allow God's work to work in us, his word to work in us. We got to allow his word to work in us. And what happens when his word is working in us? Metamorphose, metamorphosize. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word. Metamorphosized. Right? When, we, when we allow the word of God to work in us, there's going to be a maturing process. You know, you're going you're gonna to see some growth. You're going to see, you're gonna, you'll see it in Christians when they're growing up, right? You'll see a metamorphor, metamorphosizing. You'll see, woo, wow, they're, woo, they're growing up. And then the, I've had it happen around here. Someone starts quoting the word to me. I'm like, woo, they're growing up. Amen. Because when you're at this stage, eh, not much word happening, right? Not much happening. It's still about babyhood stage. It's still about you. Come on. But when you start growing up, it starts being, it's supposed to be less about you. Amen. It's supposed to be about his will, what he wants you to do. And that's, that's being metamorphosized. That's growing up in Christ. Come on. That's, that, that's when we start doing the will of God. And we're not just always sucking, we're, we're giving. That was a good place for an amen right there. Amen. We're giving. We're not just sucking, right? Babies suck, right? They, they, they are always taking. And we, we talked about that a few, a few weeks ago. Babies really have nothing to offer except their cuteness. And you're like, would you stop crying, please? More, more milk. More milk, burp, milk, burp, milk, burp. We had twins, so you know. As soon as we got done feeding Sarah, we had to feed Paige. You change the diapers and it's time to feed him again. <laughs> Come on now. But when you mature, and I've seen it with our kids, right? I've seen it now. For, for years, it's we got we to gotta take care of the kids, take care of the kids. Everything's about the kids, right? You take kids, 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 and you're trying to, and then now they're maturing, and wow, they're just doing stuff all the time on their own. They're going to work, earning money, having paychecks, buying cars and trucks. Why? Because they matured, and they're maturing still, amen? We're, I'm maturing still. You better be maturing still, amen? Because we're still growing up in Christ. No one's reached the fullness of the, you know, where we're supposed to be, the, the transformed into the image of Christ. That's where we're supposed to, we're supposed to be being transformed in the image of Jesus. We're supposed to look more and more like him. Our walk, our talk, come on. And that will only happen if we renew our minds with how God thinks. If we don't do this step, ooh, oh, that's not good. That's not good. And that's where we end up. That's where you, you see, you know, you're Christians, you talk to Christians like, woo, you need to renew your mind. Come on. And depending on how long they've been born again, woo, you're like, woo, come on. We, we, need to get, we need to get on this, right? We need to become a disciple of Jesus. Not just go to church. Come on now. If we're not renewing our minds, we're not going to find the will of God. And that's where we should want to be. Amen. Right in the middle. Of, we talked about that right there. We said right in the middle of God's will. That's where we want to be. I'm going to give myself an amen right there. Amen. Thank you, youth group. 
We want to be right in the middle of God's will, right smack dab in the middle there, right? If you're shooting archery, you want to shoot the target right in the middle. That's the best shot. We want to hit, we want to hit the best shot every time. Come on. Find the perfect will of God. That's the safe place to be. That's the happy place to be. And many times people are only partially in the will of God. <laughs> and if we're in partial will of God, what happens a lot of times? Something goes wrong. And then what happens? Well, most of the time people blame God. Well, God said take a left there. You didn't take the left that he wanted you to take. So you end up in the partial will of God. And now the problem happens. And you, a lot of people go, oh, God, why did you do this to me? How come you laid this on me? And God's sitting there going, I told you to go left. But you didn't. Hello? Partial obedience is not obedience. Hello? Partially in the will of God is not the best place to be. I want to be in the fullness of God's will, don't you? That's the best place to be. Now, let's go to another scripture. You're going to like this. You, I'm sure you've heard this one. This is a very, very famous verses right in here in Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Woo, isn't that powerful right there? In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Does that sound like the will of God right there? Woo. Well, one thing we see right here, we're not to lean on our own understanding. Hello? We don't lean on our understand. We lean on the Lord's understanding. Come on, we don't know the future, do we? Who does? God, God. God can get us to the right place at the right time because he knows it already, right? He knows it. God can direct us to the right place at the right time. He can get us to the place that we have never thought of before. Mm, come on, I've I lived this. I'm telling you what. I got saved in 19. And I was directed to go to Bible school in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'll tell you what, I had never, ever had a thought of going to Tulsa before that time. Think about that. Never had a thought of going to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Well, <laughs> God can direct us to places we've never thought of. I'll give you another one. As you know, most of you know, then my first full-time ministry spot was in Iowa. Who wants to go to Iowa, right, in the cornfields? Were you, were you by the cornfields? I was smack dab in the middle of the cornfields. I mean, I'm like. But I'll tell you what, I never, ever had a thought of going to Iowa before that time. Not once. Not once did I think, you know, someday I really want to go to Iowa. Someday I'm just going to go to Iowa. I'm so excited. To, no, not once. God can, can direct us to place we never thought of. Come on now. Then I'm in Iowa. 
And so, you know, I spoke the name of this town, this church out of my mouth as I woke up. Long story, miracles started taking place. And I'm like, what is Iwako? I spoke it out of my mouth as I woke up from sleeping. And I went to the computer. I, and I had the name of this church too. It's a real place. <laughs> and they had a website then, you know, which was good. Because I looked at the church, I'm like, This is a place. Long story. I, I, I can't probably go into it right now. Maybe a, little, maybe a little more later. But I'll tell you what. I had never, ever, ever thought of going to Owako. <laughs> God can direct you to places you have never even heard of. Hello? Does he know everything? He knows a lot more than we know. I'll tell you that, right? He, 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 he is the smartest one there is. Come on now. Hey, you know, I know a lot of people think they're smart, right? They think they're smart. And you're like, <laughs> if only you knew. Come on. They think they're so smart. They've got these degrees. They've got, you know, they, they're so educated and they're so smart. And you want to tell them, you know what, uh, you know point zero 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 one of what God knows. But they think they're smart. And they think they know everything, don't they? We've met some of those. Woo, you're like, woo, you know everything. What about God? Oh, I don't even believe in God. Well, the Bible says you don't believe in God, you're a fool. That's what it says. Hello? God knows more than everybody on earth combined. <laughs> you could add all the brains up of everybody on the earth and it's not even close to what God knows. So we're supposed to acknowledge him. Come on, in all our ways. It doesn't say acknowledge him only in the big things. It says to acknowledge God in all. Not just the big things, although that is good. Amen? That is good. But in the little things. Acknowledge God in all your ways. Come on now. I've told you before. Come on. I, I, I don't know if you're doing it or not, but I told you, make sure you're checking up if you're supposed to go to the store. Acknowledge God in all your ways. Well, I'm just going to go to the store right now. Okay, bye. Did you check in with God? <laughs> the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Hello? This is very seldom taught, yet it's the Bible and it's all over the Bible. Come on now. We are supposed to be led by the Holy Spirit as New Testament believers. And if God says, don't go to the store right now, you don't go to the store right now. 
Why do you know not to go to the store right now? You acknowledged him in all your ways. Hello? You hearing me? We're supposed to check in with God. We're supposed to ask God what he wants. Okay, that's where we're going. Hang on. 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 13, we're going to learn a little bit from David here and, and Saul. You can learn a lot from those Old Testament characters, can't you? Saul was a character, wasn't he? Oh, man. 1 Samuel 13, verse 13. And Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept you have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And, and the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Ooh, ooh. Saul was disobedient, wasn't he? He knew the will of God, but he would not do the will of God. Uh-oh. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of Christians. Come on. They know the will of God, but they won't do it. Many will know the will of God. You can tell them the will of God, but they will not do it. They won't do it. Well, Saul was not willing and obedient, so what? We read that verse, I think it's Isaiah 119. Uh, you, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Saul was not willing and obedient, so he did not eat the good of the land. He got fired. God fired him. Sorry, Saul, you're fired. You're not willing and obedient. And the Lord found a man after his own heart. Who was that? I heard one out there, David. David, he found a man after his own heart. David, why was David a man after God's own heart? Ooh, we have the answer found in the New Testament. You want it? Acts 13, 22. Come on. And when he, this is, it just relates right back to what we just talked about. And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse. A man after my own heart who will do all my will. David wanted to do all the will of God. Come on now. He wanted the complete, perfect will of God. I'll tell you what. To be a man or woman after God's own heart, we have to want to do all of his will. That was weak. To be a man or a woman after God's own heart, we have to want to do all of his will. Thank you for those six amens. Whoo. Come on. I'll tell you what. I've been around a little while, and, and these are very rare people. I'm telling you, it's hard to find people like this. People who want to do all the will of God. It's very, very hard to find them. But if you find one, whoo, you have found a diamond. Come on. When you find that one, you have found a diamond. 
When you find someone who wants to do all the will of God, you have found someone after God's own heart. Amen. Amen. Come on now. When you find someone who wants to do all the will of God, you have found a diamond. They are very rare. I just saw this. I told you the story before, you know, back when I uh, ran my parents' 7-Eleven stores. I was manager of two 7-Eleven stores for 12 years. Ooh, I got stories. I got stories. But one of my favorite stories out of that whole time there of 12 years as managing 7-Elevens is the employees. I have many, many problems with employees, right? I mean, many problems. I mean, woo, many problems. Tell stories for hours, right? But I had one employee in 12 years. That was the diamond that did the job every day, completely. What are we talking about? The complete will of God. Well, in that case, it's the complete will of the boss, me. I'm the boss, this is what you need to do. What do most employees do? Well, I don't really like that one, I don't like that, because we had a checklist, right? You're supposed to go down, check this, get the checklist done, you're done, it's easy, right? Just do the checklist, it's very easy. Check, 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 check. Not done. Come on now. This one, this one lady that worked for, I think she worked there, my guess would be three, four years, you know. And then she went home to be with her kids, which was great. I begged her to stay. Because she was a diamond. Very rare. If any of you have bossed, been a boss. You know what I'm talking about, right? You find someone like that, it's very rare. Well, God is the same, the same way. He had to find somebody and he found David who was a diamond. Come on now. He was a diamond. He wanted to do all the will of God. That should be the heart of every Christian. Amen. Should be the heart of every Christian. I just want his will. I just want to do his will. Whatever his will is, I'm going to do it. Just tell me what the will of God is. Uh, 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 and of course, back it up with the word. Amen. You get in the will of God yourself. You get in the word yourself. I tell you, I'm telling you what the will of God is right now. But you get in here yourself. Amen. And you find out the will of God and you say, whatever you want, Father, that's what I'm going to do. Woo, you become a diamond. Woo, and God will be looking for you. Because he will want to exalt you. Amen? Right? We know God exalts the humble one, right? You've got to humble yourself before the Lord to be exalted. How do you humble yourself before the Lord? You want to do his will. Just look at Jesus. Amen? Jesus only wanted to do the will of God. He humbled himself before God. He said, whatever you want, Father, is what I want. And then he was about to go to the cross. And he said, if there's another way, let this cup pass for me if there's another way. But there wasn't another way, right? He had to die as the sinless, spotless lamb of God. He had to. But he submitted fully to the will of God. He was a diamond. He was very rare. Well, we know he's the rarest, right? 
Jesus is the rarest there is because he was perfect. David was not perfect, was he? He had a man killed on the front lines of war. Come on now. But he, he still was a diamond because he still in his heart wanted all of the will of God. Yes, we can make a mistake in the flesh, in the natural. We repent of that as David did, did he not? He repented. Nathan came to him and said, there's a man who... Who has done this horrible thing? Who is this man? We got to take him out. He's a bad dude. Uh, it is you, David. I'm on my face right now. Amen? You get on your face. People nowadays, no one gets on their face. Come on. Get on your face before God and repent. You find out you're in sin. You find out you're in disobedience. Go ahead. Get on your face. Amen? Get on the carpet. Put your face in the carpet. Amen? Boy, people are so prideful nowadays. They, they, they won't do anything for God. You're like, come on, what? No, come on. When you find out you're doing something wrong, you repent. And you put your face in the carpet and you repent to God. Ooh, he's preaching, watch out. Come on now, where are we? Let's look at 1 Samuel 23. We were in, uh, what were we in? We were in 1 Samuel 13. 1 Samuel 23, we're going to find out some more here about the will of God and how David found the will of God. And we are going to learn something today that's going to help us for the rest of our lives. If you're listening, right? This will help you for the rest of your life. Verse 1, 23, 1, then they told David saying, look, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah and they are robbing the threshing floors. Well, those nasty Philistines were robbing the, 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 you know, the threshing floors where they put the uh, grain and stuff. They, they were stealing the food, right, from Keilah. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord. Here we go. Saying, shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, go and attack the Philistines and save Keilah. Verse 3, but David's men said to him, look. <laughs> Can you just picture that? Look, David. We are afraid. We're afraid here in Judah. We're afraid right here because the Philistines are nearby. We're afraid. How much more than if we go to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? We're already afraid. Why are we going to go attack the Philistines? Come on. Remember, they had Goliath. They probably had some really big dudes. Monsters that you're like, hello. Come on. Then David inquired of the Lord once again. And the Lord answered him and said, arise, go down to Keilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. Verse 5, and David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines, struck them with a mighty blow and took away their livestock. Whoa. They, they, got, they got rich that day, right? They took away the livestock of the Philistines. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. Now, let's, let's dissect this a little bit. David didn't know the Lord's will about the situation, did he? What did he do? 
inquire. He didn't know if he should go to Keilah and rescue the, the people who were being robbed. Now, we know David, he had a lot of experience, right? Hello? He had a lot of experience. He, he had killed some lions and bears. Remember when he came against Goliath? He's like, I killed the lion, I killed the bear. There's nothing for me. Come on. He was experienced. And guess what experience a lot of time does to us? I'll go down there and I'm going to knock the Philistines upside the head. Ooh. Did you check in with God about that? Did you hear me? Come on now. David could have said, Ooh, this is nothing for me. I know exactly what to do because I am so smart. Mm, instead, what did he do? He inquired of the Lord. He humbled himself. Come on, he bowed before the Lord. He humbled himself. What is the first step to knowing the will of God? What we talk about the very first week? Humble, I heard it somewhere. <laughs> Humble yourself. If you don't, if you want the will of God, if you're not willing to just bow before the Lord and humble yourself, forget it. Hello? That's the first step. If he doesn't ask God here, he does not know the will of God. Come on now. Pride doesn't ask what God wants, does it? Pride just assumes we know what he wants. Pride, is, pride assumes, well, this is what God wants. Let's go kill all the Philistines. What does he do? He inquires. And then he inquires again. Right? His men were afraid of the Philistines. So he went back to the Lord and inquired again. Father, is this, is this your will? You really want us to go take out the Philistines and kill them? He said, yeah, you go do it. You go take care of them. You knock them out. Whoo, and they got the victory, didn't they? You getting this? All right, we'll look at another one. Look at 2 Samuel 2.1. 2 Samuel 2.1. It happened after this that David inquired of the Lord. Oh, there it is again, right? Saying, Shall I go up to any of the cities of Judah? And the Lord said to him, go up. David said, <laughs> I love this. David said, uh, where shall I go up? And he said, to Hebron. Notice again, David inquired if he were to go to a city. Again, we see the necessity of asking the Lord what he wants. We should not assume to know what he wants. Amen? Pride assumes. Pride says, I already know the will of God. Now, when you know the will of God, that's different. But if you don't know yet, you don't know. Did you hear me? I said, if you don't know the will of God yet, you don't know. Right? When I, when I, when I went to Iowa. Long story, but... When I prayed on my bed, Lord, they want us to come to Iowa. Are we supposed to go? 
And I've told you, I heard one word in my heart. Go. And I came out of my bedroom and I told Karn, looks like we're going to Iowa. But that went over big. <laughs> Come on, we can't assume we know what to do. David asked, where shall I go up? What if he stops short of where shall I go up? I'll tell you what could have happened. He makes the decision of where to go up. He said go up to the cities of Judah. Cities. Okay, let's go to, this, let's go to the city. Let's pick one. Let's pick a city to go to. And by inquiring again, the Lord says, Hebron. If he doesn't inquire again, he misses the will of God. He, come on, he goes to the wrong place at the wrong time. He's in the wrong city. He's in the wrong place. He's out of the will of God. And what happens usually in, like we talked about early, uh-oh, problems. All of a sudden there's a problem here. There's a problem there. And what do most people do? Oh, God, why did you do this to me? And God's, God would have told David, you didn't ask where to go. That's why you're in this mess right now. <laughs> Come on now. God wants us to keep asking him what he wants. Hello? It's very important to know exactly what to do. We should not settle, settle for the partial will of God. Well, I'm supposed to go up to the cities of Judah. I'm just going to pick a city and I'm going to go. Come on, we can be close. Oh, get this, get this. We can be close to the will of God, but out of the will of God. I'll say that again for the people in the back. We can be close to the will of God, but out of the will of God. Ooh, I'll give you an example again from, 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 my, from my story, right? When, when I spoke the name of Iwako, in, I'm in Iowa, I spoke the name of Iwako in this church out of my mouth as I wake up, okay? A miracle started taking place, and I'll tell you, there was a lot going on through that whole process. A lot, oh, a lot. But what if, what if I say, well, you know, this church over here, this is a good church too. I could pastor this church. Hmm? What if I said, you know what? Ocean Park's close to Iwako. What if I said Longview's close to Iwako? You hearing me? What if I said Chinook, that's close to Iwako? Close to the will of God, but out. Hello? I don't want to be close. Come on. I don't want to be close to the will of God. I want to be in the will of God. Right? In the middle of God's perfect will. Come on. Who? I, I want to be in the perfect, right? In the middle. 
Many people never ask God for his will. Oh, watch out, watch out. Now he's going to start preaching. <laughs> Many people never ask God for his will. They just choose their life path. Well, I'm going to go to this school. Right? They just choose their college. Never ask God what he wants. I like, I like this school. I like, I, like, I like this career path. Well, you know, I've told you before. I, actually, coming out of high school, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I had an idea that I might go into computer uh, programming or something. Because I, I enjoyed working in MS-DOS. Anybody know MS-DOS? Nobody, see? That's how old that is. <laughs> MS-DOS, right? I'd program a little bit in MS-DOS, and I was like, this is kind of fun, you know? C, semicolon, backslash, you do little things. And you make things, the computer do things. Well, that's kind of cool. I can, make, I can make it do things, you know. Then I got saved. And what I do when I got saved, I started asking the Lord what he wanted. If I don't get saved, I'm probably a computer programmer right now. Right? Come on. Because I would have chosen my path. I would have chosen my college. I would have chosen my education. Ooh, come on now. You getting this? Many people just choose even, and we said, I said the little things, right? Many people just choose their car. You better ask God about your car. No, oh, we asked, we asked Sarah and Paige, just both bought a car. We were in Lincoln City. We were about Paige's car from a guy on the street. He, he owned a little surf shop right there. His, his car was outside the shop, which was really neat. We were, we were looking at the car, and the post, the post lady walked out of the, the, the business post office. She was delivering mail to him. And she said, oh, you like that car? The owner owns it. He's inside the, right now. He's in the surf shop. Oh, well, thank you for that information. So we go in. We talked to him about the car, the Subaru that's out there. We said, well, we kind of like that, Paige. You know, Paige's looking to buy a car, and it looks like the price range is right, and it looks like the, everything's mileage good. You know, you know. Oh, yeah, and he told us about it, and we were filling it out in our spirit. We were filling it out in our spirit. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Hello? We went back out to the car. Uh, are we going to make this decision? You know, of course, it's Paige's final decision. She's putting up the money to buy a car. She saved her money. She wants to buy a car. So what happens when we're out there? We pray for his will. We pray if this is your, you, God, we want to know if it's you. Hello? And she felt the peace of God with that car. She felt it was a God thing. She felt it was right. She felt this is God. Okay, let's go in and offer him the price and, and see if it all goes now. And we did. And she did. And he did. And it was done. Driving in Lincoln City, Oregon. Down the road. See a car, buy it. Do you ask God about your car? 
Did you ask God about your career? Did you ask God about your college? Did you ask God about your life path? Did you ask God what church you're supposed to go to? <laughs> Many people don't ask that question. I found that out. I'm like, oh man, you know how many people, well, you know, if you guys had this ministry, I would come to this church. Oh, 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 it's about you, I see. If you guys, if you guys met all of my needs, because I have, I need this and I need that and I need that. Then I could come here. Oh. So you're not going to ask the Lord where he wants you to go. You're just looking for a church with that and that. Okay, that's fine. Do your thing. <laughs> There's a lot of people who don't want the will of God. Come on now. They want to do their thing. They want what they want. They want their, they, they want, the, they have the itching ears. Whatever they want to hear, that's, they're going to go where they want, find something they want to hear. You guys preach on divine healing. You guys preach on tongues. You, oh, I can't do that. Oh, did you ask God about it? <laughs> Hello, you getting this? Hallelujah. I was led to my first church. Whoo, by, we still believe it was an angel of God. But we were asking, right, for the Lord's will. We were asking for the right place. We were asking for more. Literally, that's what I said to Karen. We need more. Because we were going to a church that was, you know, not exactly on fire. And I was already on fire. I got saved. I was like, Jesus, yeah. I was a Jesus freak right away, right? What's that song? Call me a Jesus freak. DC Talk, is that it? Jesus freak, yeah, Jesus freak, DC Talk. I was a Jesus freak. Come on now. And, and a guy met me on a path. Carl and I were walking on a path in Vancouver, and we were walking down a path, taking a walk, right, talking about Jesus. A guy walks up to me and says, I want to tell you about Jesus. I just met Jesus. Would you like to talk about Jesus? I got, that sounds good to me. And we got talking a little bit and I said, well, I, you know, I'm newly saved and I, I need more. I'm missing something. Because I want, I want the will of God. A lot of people don't want the will of God. That's fine. I want the full will of God. I have given everything I am to God. I am sold out to God. Where every Christian should be. Amen. Sold out complete. I am sold out. Like I told you a few weeks ago, when I got saved, I knew a miracle had happened on the inside of me. I knew this was a forever thing. I did not pray a little prayer and go, well, I guess I'm a Christian now. <laughs> Come on now. I knew I was different on the inside. I knew something had changed. I couldn't have told you all the words then. Born again, new creation, righteousness of God in Christ. I couldn't have told you any of that, but I knew I was different. Come on now. And I needed more. I was like, I'm missing something. And I told the guy. And he said, you need to go out to Faith Center. They're, 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 it's really interesting because today we're going to my pastor's retirement party in Vancouver after church. The Faith Center. He's retiring today. Official. Officially. And his son has taken the church. Going to pastor for the next, till Jesus comes, next 10 years. (laughs) 
So, <laughs> so I go to Faith Center, right? They're in the little tin chapel. We call it the tin chapel. It was a little metal building. It was set like 100 people in there. You never were in there, were you? Well, you visited there once, maybe. Because you were in trouble. <laughs> I won't go into that. That's a long story there. <laughs> so we, we go into the Tin Chapel. First time there. Oh, man, that's a long story. I can't. I mean, that'd take me an hour. But <laughs> we, um, we go there. First, uh, I'll, I'll give you a little bit. I, I went there on my own alone, sat in the parking lot, watched everybody go into the building on a Sunday morning, heard the music start. It's like us. Boom, ba boom, 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 ba boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and I could not get up the courage to go in by myself. So I went home. And I said, Karn, I was a little, you know, this is brand new to me, right? I, I have not been anything like that in my entire life. Not even been heard of it. Not, a, not at all. Just like, well, Karen said, I'll go. And she was raised Roman Catholic. And she was just starting to understand some real spiritual truths, right? For me, as I'm telling her. And she's just starting to get a hold of a few things, right? And she's like, well, I'll go. Even though my parents are going to probably, you know. Oh, that's a long story there, too. I got a lot of stories. So we go into that church the next week, right? Karn and I go into that church. We meet the people on the way in, the greeters, you know, and, 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 and all the people there. And we're just immediately we're family. Hello. We were family. And we served in that church for years. I went to Bible school, I came back, served in that church. Come on now, what was my point? I got the more because I was asking God, I want your will. And what happened there? Come on, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I prayed in tongues, I've been filled with the Spirit ever since, 19 years old. Saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit. Hello. If you don't want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you don't want all the will of God. I know a lot of Christians don't like that, but it's the truth. You don't want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You do not want the complete will of God. You don't want it. So don't act like you do. Come on now. Many people just choose their church. Well, I'm, that's a good church. It's down the road. It's one mile away. I'll go there. Dawn drives two hours to church. People in Ocean Park. Well, that's a long ways. I'll just take this church by next to my house. That's okay. It's close. Come on. You better ask God what church you're supposed to be in. Sure glad I found out. Amen. It, that, that changed my whole life. When you get in the right church, come on, you hear the right things and you grow up in Christ and you do the will of God. You get in the wrong church, you could hear the wrong thing and not do the will of God your entire life. Ooh. Oh boy, watch, watch this one, watch this one. 
Watch this one. They just choose their spouse. Ooh, that's one of the worst things you could ever do. Well, I love him. <laughs> oh, boy, how many lives have been ruined by I love him? Oh, man, I, I don't think we count how many lives have been ruined by I love him. Heard a guy yesterday, I thought, that's so good. Heard a minister, I, I follow, when the, one minister, I, I just love him. He's real man of God. And he said, often when we say, I love you, we're really just saying, I need you. Because love never quits. Love never fails. Love is selfless. So you don't actually fall out of love with somebody. It's impossible. You don't fall out of love with people. You realize you don't need them anymore. Is that a shocker? Well, I don't need you anymore, so I don't love you anymore. Really, the love had nothing to do with it. Hello? I, I need you. I need you. you. We should just say I need you in a lot of cases. <laughs> because love is selfless. Come on, we could read it in 1 Corinthians 13, right? Love is patient, love is kind, love never fails, love will not quit. Come on now. God is love. Is he quitting on you? No, he's never going to quit on you. You can quit on him, but he will never quit on you. Come on now. No, we, we don't choose a spouse because we need them. We choose a spouse because we want to lay down our lives for them, which is real love. Did you catch that? Real love says, I will lay down my life for you. That's love. And love will not quit. Amen. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to find out who God wants us to marry. And we do not marry. We do not marry until we know. I don't care if you're 82. Seriously. You do not marry anyone until you know God said it. Ah, thank you for those no amens. Come on out. You do not marry anyone until you absolutely know it's God's will. Now, I know we've all made mistakes. I know there's people out here probably made some mistakes. That's, that's not condemnation. That's take this forward. Amen. Use this in your life now before maybe you didn't know that. Right. Maybe you weren't even saved when you got married the first time. Right. You, you, you're saved now. Right. If you're saved, you want to do the will of God, right? Do not marry anyone until you know it's his will. Say this. I love Pastor Vern. 
Come on. Some people will choose their house without asking God. They drive by a house on the road and they say, well, look at that for sale sign. Let's look at that house. Oh, that's in our price range. Oh, that's kind of cute. Oh, let's buy that house. Uh-oh. Did you talk to him about it? <laughs> I told you the story before. I'll tell it again. You know me. The house in Long Beach, we were renting in Long Beach when I first got to town. And we were about to buy a house in Long Beach. We liked the house to a certain extent. It had needed a lot of work, but we're like, boy, the price on this is amazing. I mean, it was a, what? For that much square footage? I mean, it was cheap. It was like, and we're like, okay. And we started, we got the inspection done. We found out the problems and there were, you know, quite a few problems, but it was, it was so cheap. We're like, yeah, problems, we could, yeah, we could. <laughs> but of course, we're asking the Lord about it, aren't we? Lord, is this what you want for us? Is this our house? Is this, is this it? Is this it? And we started moving fast on it because, you know, you get the pressure, right? The house is going to sell. It's cheap. Someone's going to buy this thing. So we put down the earnest money with the realtor. We're like, okay, we want it. Let's do it. Well, Karen and I kept asking each other about it, kept asking the Lord about it inquiring of the Lord about it. Come on now. And we could not get peace about it together. Right? One day I would say, I believe that is the will of God. And Karen would say, no, it's not. I'd say, oh. All right. And then the next day I would say, no, that's not our house. She'd say, oh, I think it is. I'd be like, we got a problem here because uh, we're about to buy a house and we've already put earnest money and we, we are not in agreement about this. We are back and forth. So what I do, guess what? I went to inquire of the Lord again. And you know what happened, don't you? Why do you know what happened? I was on my bed. I prayed again, Lord, we need to know if this is our house. We're about to buy this house. I need to know for certain that this is your will or not your will. And I had a vision of a demon sitting on top of that house. It was ugly. So I can say I've seen, I've seen in the spirit realm, I've seen angels in the spirit realm, I've seen demons in the spirit realm. And I was like, and you know me, Mr. Faith Man, guess what I did next? I'll just cast the demon out of that house because I have authority over the demons. Jesus said, I have authority over the demons. I'll just cast the demon out of that house. Mm, and the Lord said, no, that's not your house. Karen? I don't think that's our house now. I believe the Lord's saying that's not our house. And she agreed. So what did we do? We called the realtor. Oh, uh, we know we put the earnest money down and all that, but uh, is there any way maybe we get the earnest money back? Because we, we don't, that's not our house. She said, well, I can check, but if technically it's theirs if they want it. They, it's their money. You gave it. They don't have to refund it the owner of the house doesn't have to refund it. I said, 
That's fine. Whatever. I'm not going out of the will of God. Well, she called us back a little while there, said he refunded it. You got it back. It's yours. Praise God. Come on now. You get this? I inquired. I inquired again. Inquired again. (laughs) Come on now. We must ask God for his will. In everything. Don't settle for less than God's best. Come on. Don't settle. Come on. Then we got our house in Owaco and we just love it. And that's another whole story, which I can go for another hour. I'm just on that. But we walked into that house and oh, it was, a, I mean, oh, there's so much to that story. It's, it's astounding. Bank owned for five years, empty for five years. Should have been decrepit. Should have been falling apart. Now, there was siding that was bad, right? Siding and stuff. But it was not bad, really, at all. Just a few little things on the inside, new siding, or not new siding, but replacement sidings. But we walked into that house, which when you first look at it, you're like, nah. If I went by my senses, if I went by my, my, my physical eyes, nah. It needs complete updates. Everything. Hello? But God, come on. When we walked into that house together with the realtor, Car and I both in the kitchen, I can just picture where we're standing, and we're like, mm, checking in here. Mm. And this is a miracle story. I can't go into it all. But it was a bank-owned house, needed cash to buy it. We had no cash. You know, nothing to buy a house with. A few thousand dollars. I think we put 5000 down on the Long Beach house. We got that back. That's not even close to pay cash for a house. Long story, long story. Someone steps up and says, we will give you the cash to buy that house. And then when you get it fixed right, you refinance with the bank and you just give us the money right back. Uh, you ever heard of such a thing? They gave us the cash to buy a house. Now, of course, we paid them back, right? But we could have never got in the house. In fact, we were sitting down ready to make the offer on the house and I didn't know how we were going to make the offer. We had no money. You getting this? Come on. Why did we do that? Because we knew it was God. Oh, my. We got to keep inquiring, saints. Come on. We got to find out his will. No matter how long it takes, we find out his will. That's why I say you don't get married until you're 82 if you don't know. Come on. I believe that was called into ministry when I was just after I was born again. You know how long it took for me to go into ministry, full-time ministry? I served in the church for years, but it took 22 years for me to go into full-time ministry. And what I do during that time, I inquired of the Lord. Is this what you want me to do, Lord? Are you sure, Lord? I could go back to school, Lord. I could, go to, I could go to that computer school still, Lord. 
I kept inquiring of the Lord and he said, stay on your path. Stay on your path. You just stay on your path. You keep a serving, you keep doing, you keep following after me and come on and I'll get you to the right place at the right time. I lived it. I lived it. I got Book of Acts miracle. I've lived it. I was in Iowa and spoke the name of this town on the name of this church. Woo! God got me to the right place at the right time. Come on now. Woo! I could tell you many, many, many stories along there of woo, times I thought it's, oh, it's over. I'm not, I'm not going to finish what I thought God would call me to do. I just, I, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Come on, you got to keep inquiring, keep inquiring, keep inquiring. And when you hear the perfect will of God, when you hear what God wants, you don't move off of that path. You know how many times people wanted me to move off of my path? You know how many naysayers were in my life saying, no, I don't think that's it. Once you know the will of the Father, you don't care what anybody else says. Now, don't be prideful. Amen. If you need to talk to your pastor, talk to your pastor. Because sometimes we are so, you know, we can't see it. And I did. I, that's another whole story. I did talk to my pastor, right? When I went into full-time ministry, I, I, I felt I was called to go to Iowa. I said, heard go. I was, I was basically packing the truck. But I went to my pastor and I said, pastor, is this, is this the will of God? Do you think this is the will of God? Because I know that pride can blind a person. And so I went to my pastor, come on, and I, and I got his word on it. I got confirmation from him that he believed it was God too. Amen. So don't get, don't get prideful. But when you, when, you, when you know the will of God, when you know the will of the Father, you do not move off of the path. You don't move. And the devil is going to try and make you move. Whew, the devil does not want the will of God to come to pass in this earth. So if you're going down that narrow path and, and, and there's naysayers around you, come on, and, and there's people trying to get you off of that path, you got to stick with God. And you got to stick with him no matter what. Come on. Our example, our high example, of course, is Jesus. He stuck with it all the way to the end. Come on. We are supposed to do the same. And we stick with God until the end. We run our course. We finish our course with faith. We do not get off the path no matter what. I don't care who comes along and says, no, don't do that. No, don't do that. If you know that you know that you know it's the will of the Father, you do not move. Hallelujah. That was worth for you coming out today. That was worth combing your hair. Come on, we got to keep asking God. We got to know, we got to know, we got to know. We got to get it settled in our hearts. We got to, if you don't know it's the will of God, you won't keep standing. 
Like I said, how many times did I want to give it up during those 22 years? Okay, Ooh, computer school's looking good. You will not keep standing for the will of God if you don't know that you know that you know that it's his will. That's, that goes with a marriage, right? Why do people break up so much? Well, they, they didn't know it was God's will. Come on now. Karen and I, I mean, we have a different story than most. We dated at 15, got saved at 19. But God confirmed, right, that this is my will. So we're standing. Amen. No matter what. Why do those vows, you know, for better, for worse, for sickness, health, whatever, you know, those are, those are great. Because you, you're just saying, I'm selfless. I'm yours. I belong to you the rest of my life. I'm yours. And that's love. Right? If you're actually going to give yourself for that person, if you don't just need that person, you're actually wanting to lay down your life for that person. Come on now. That's love. But we knew the will of God and we did it. Amen. And we're doing it right now. And we're serving the Lord together. Thank you, Lord. Once we get his will, saints, we've got to do it. Come on. We've got to stand. We've got to keep going for him. We've got to stay on the right path. We've got to stay with him. We've got to stick with him. Come on. We're asking. We're asking. We're seeking him. We're inquiring. We're inquiring again. We're asking again. We want his will. Come on. We really want his will. From the depths of our heart. Come on. We want his will. When we get his will. When we find out his will. We got to do it. We got to do it. We can't do better than that. There's no better than that. There is no better than doing God's will. There is no better. Well, if I, if I had that big job with all the benefits, that's better. No, it's not better. What's better is being in the will of God. Wherever it is, whatever it is, being in the perfect, right in the smack dab middle of the will of God is the best place to be. So when we ask and we're not sure, we ask again. And we're still not sure, ask again. And inquire and inquire until you know that 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 you know. Because then <laughs> you can stand. Well, Paul, the Apostle Paul, come on, he knew he was in the perfect will of God. 
He was beaten. He was stoned to death. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten again. He was in prison. He was beaten. He was back in prison. He was beaten. He was back in prison. How did he stand through that? He knew that he was smack dab in the middle of the will of God. Most, most would never last through that. Come on. We can't do better than God's will. But when we inquire of God as we are supposed to do and we hear his voice, whether it be from the word of God or whether it be from the spirit of God, we got to do it. Now, there's a lot of things in here we know is the will of God. We talked about one last week extensively giving thanks to God, right? That's the will of our father. And if we're going to do the will, we, we, we don't need to just hear about it. We need to do it. Amen. Do the will of God. Give the thanks. Today, we're learning that we need to inquire of the Lord about the big things, marriage, jobs, colleges. Come on, about the little things. Going to the store. Buying a car. Inquire of the Lord. He is waiting. Come on. He is waiting for his saints to inquire. And he left it up to us. He left it up to you. He left it up to me. If we don't inquire, then we're in pride and we're assuming. Well, I'll just go pastor at that church. I'll just go down to Longview and I'll pastor there. I'll just go to Chinook. I'll pastor there. I'll just go to that city and pastor there. No, 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 no. Find out the will of God and inquire until you know. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that you're so good to us. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that we, we can inquire at your throne. You, some, you said, come boldly to the, my throne of grace. Receive mercy and grace in your time of need. You want us to ask. You want us to come to you. You want us to ask you in the big things and in the little things. You want to direct our paths. You said you want to direct our paths as we acknowledge you in all of our ways. So, Father, that's what we're going to do. We are going to do it. We are going to inquire of you and what you want. Not what we want. Not what our flesh wants. But what do you want? That's our heart's cry, Father. As born again, sold out believers, what do you want? Just say that to him right now. Say, Father God. Come on. Say, Father God, what do you want? I want to know what you want. I want your will, not my will. In Jesus' name, amen. See, that simple prayer right there can bring the will of God into your life. Simple prayer, right? Simple. But if you're listening, he's answering. Amen. You know me, I always like to end with a salvation call. I've got to ask you here online, is Jesus your Lord? <laughs> Romans 3.23, all of sin falls short of the glory of God. 
The wages of that sin is death, eternal separation from God. But God gives us eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We were the enemies of God and Christ went to the cross for us, took the punishment that we deserved and bore the curse for us, paid the price completely, and now he's seated at the right hand of God. He is alive forevermore. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. If you confess him with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is alive, he is alive from the dead and he is Lord. You confess him as Lord, you will be saved. And that means you go out of that kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, as Colossians puts it. God translates us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And you become saved. You, become, you get eternal life forever by simply accepting what God did for you. He did it. He did the work. He gave salvation to every person on earth. He paid the price. And as John says, he gave people the right to become the children of God. They have the right. Everyone has the right to become a child of God. Not everyone takes God up on that offer. But everyone has the right to become a child of God. I said this on Wednesday. I thought, that's so good. I got I to add that in. You, you must be in Christ to go into heaven. You must be in Christ to go into heaven because Jesus is the only man that ever walked this earth perfectly. And so he deserves to be in heaven. He deserves to be at the right hand of the Father. Well, none of us do. In fact, none of us deserve to be even in the presence of God. We only deserve hell. I've told you stories. Uh, 13-year-olds gone to hell and been back as they were resuscitated. 13-year-olds. Hell. Why? Because they were living for themselves. They were living for their flesh. Come on now. you got to get into Christ if you want to go into heaven. There, there is one man who's there who's perfect. That's why the Bible, if you read through the New Testament, you'll find out Paul talks about being in Christ all the time. You are in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. You got to be in Christ. If you're not in Christ, you're in Adam. And Adam is the, uh, uh, is the, uh, the, the illustration of sin. He bowed his knee to Satan. If you're in Adam, you're in sin. But if you're in Christ, you're in righteousness. In fact, it says you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, in Christ. If you don't go in Christ, you're not righteous and you deserve punishment. But if you're in Christ, Christ deserves no punishment, so you deserve no punishment. Woo! Isn't that good news? Come on. That's why the gospel is good news. It's all good. It's all good. So if you want eternal life, if you want to be with God forever, you want to walk hand in hand with Jesus, you want to walk with love forever, God is love. You want to be in the presence of God forever. I'm not talking for a hundred years, I'm, I'm talking forever. In the presence of God, in the presence of the angels of God, with Jesus forever. 
I was amazed when people don't want it, right? Aren't you amazed when people don't want it? You're like, you don't want it? <laughs> you don't want the gift of God? You don't want eternal life? If that's you today and you say, I want that. I want eternal life. I want, I want to be with God forever. Pray this prayer after me right now. Say, dear God in heaven, I repent of all sin. I want nothing to do with the kingdom of darkness. I want into your kingdom, God. I know the only way in is through Jesus. I confess Jesus as Lord. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my Master forever. Heavenly Father, teach me your ways. Show me your ways. I will walk in them. I will do them. Teach me your will, and I will follow you. I thank you for eternal life. I thank you for making me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If that's you today and you prayed that from your heart for the first time, you have become a born-again Christian. If you want to grow up in Christ uh, and you want to be a fruitful Christian, you're sold out. Right? You're not just playing games, you're sold out. I tell people, if you want to get started right away, you want to grow up fast, you want, you want to grow up fast in Christ, do these things right away. Tell someone Jesus is your Lord. Be bold about your faith. Confess him before men and he'll confess you before the Father. So be bold about Jesus. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. Amen. Secondly, devour the word of God. You got to get in here because this is spirit food. You got to feed your spirit if you want to grow up. We feed babies three times, four times, six times a day. Babies in Christ need this. Amen. And don't, don't just start in Genesis and start reading. I tell people this all the time. You know, a lot of people start in Genesis and then by, by the time they get to Leviticus, they're done. They're like, I got it, I'm done. I'm done. Come on. No, get, 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 maybe get a one-year Bible, but get something where you're reading some Old Testament, some New Testament, some Proverbs, some Psalms. But if you, really wanna, if you really wanna get started fast, man, start in the New Testament and read that first. Why? Because you're in the New Covenant and you're in the New Testament and find out who you are in Christ. Amen. Thirdly, be involved in an on fire church. Don't be in a lukewarm church in these last days. Find a church that is full of the Spirit and be a part of the body because the body needs you and you need the body. Fourthly, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Don't let the devil steal that gift from you. I talked about it a bit today, how I got baptized in the Holy Spirit at Faith Center when I went there and I got the more that I needed. I got the more. I got filled up with the Holy Ghost and that put me over to another level. Come on. That put me over where I needed to be. <laughs> and I, I still pray in tongues all the time. And if you don't, you need it. And Jesus said you needed it, so you better, at least if you don't believe me, please believe Jesus. Fifthly, start serving in the body. Don't just be a talker, be a doer. Sixthly, worship and pray and praise as much as possible throughout your day. Talk to God, talk to God again, and then thank him again, and then talk to God again, and then thank him again, and then talk to, inquire of the Lord. Amen. Throughout your day, amen, inquire. 
God, do you want me to go there right now? I'm checking in. Come on now, check in. Be led by the Holy Ghost. And if you, don't, you aren't supposed to go, don't go. Amen. So talk to God. Praise Him, thank Him all day long. Inquire of Him all day long. Seventh, remember now that you belong to God. You don't belong to yourself any longer. You have sold out to Jesus. You have given yourself to him and he is Lord. So whatever he says, whatever his will is, goes. If you wanted to be a computer programmer when you got saved and he says, go into the ministry, that's what you do. <laughs> Amen. Why? Because I belong to him. And whatever he says is good with me. Amen? It's good. It's always good when he says it. Because I know even if it looks like, wait a second, Iowa? I know for a fact, if I don't go to Iowa, I'm not standing here today. And I'm not smack dab right in the middle of the perfect will of God. Come on. So whatever he says is now what you do. Amen? I'm not getting many amens on that. I'm a little, I'm a little scared up here. <laughs> Whatever he says is what you do. Amen. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Whew. I was going to have to pull it out. You know. Amen! <laughs> Hallelujah. You get something today? Whoo! Come on. Inquire. Inquire of him. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for this time with the body. I thank you for words from heaven. I thank you, Father, as we asked at the beginning, that we'd be led by the Holy Spirit, that we'd get the right words out. So, Father, I believe that's what happened. We got the right words out. And hearts were changed today. Lives were changed today for your glory. And as we said, Father, we are going to turn back right now and give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor belongs to our great God forever and ever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, grab a donut, grab a coffee, fellowship for a little bit if you got some time. And have an awesome, awesome week and go shine for Jesus out there in this world. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to like this podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find our website at packbible.org. That's P-A-C-B-I-B-L-E dot org. We hope you join us again next week.